1: We want to help you become the best screenwriter you can be and to reassure you
0: that you are not alone on this journey. All right, you guys, welcome to today's show. Uh, We're back today still from the comfort of our homes as we kind of ride out this coronavirus. And with everything going on, we're still bringing you to the show remotely, which we're excited about. Uh, So listen, last week we discussed theme. Uh, It's a big topic, so we're going to keep going today on that and hopefully give you some a practical exercise or two to take back to your own work um so if you need to catch up go back and listen to one podcast prior um but either way i think you'll you'll be fine and we're going to dive in
1: uh but first we're going to discuss the last couple of weeks in what we call our adventures in screenwriting so meg
0: how has your week been well this is one page that I wrote of all the crap I wanted to talk about my week uh, it's a, it's pretty full-on I find that people are having different experiences as writers if they either have children or don't have children or they mm-hmm. have large responsibilities at home that have like tripled because now they're uh, they lost support uh, so I'm now a homeschool teacher um, Um, I I do the mornings, my husband does the afternoons. Uh, That means my writing time has dramatically shrunk and I'm usually up till midnight now trying to get everything done. Um, So it's really, uh, it's a, like we talked about last week, this time is kind of making, forcing me to look at stuff that I need to look at in terms of my own personal evolution as a writer, as a mom, as a wife, as a human. So, you know, for example, I do overschedule myself. So that is now me having to realize that time is like money. It's an it's not an infinite thing you could just put off till tomorrow and let's just like worry about that later. You I, I literally have to budget my time now down to the 10 minute mark because there is so much to do and so many jobs and hats I have to wear. And I'm finding it hard then to go and write because I have so much in my mind about homeschool and Everything that okay, now I have to write. Oh my God, I have right now I have three hours to write. And I actually have a job right now. I have stuff due. Um and they of course were like, We're 20, we have no kids, let's do it faster. And I'm like, no, that's not. <laughs> let's <laughs> not do that. Um, so I'm but I I I just want to say that when Because I have to sit down and write, I can't avoid it and fill it up with all the other stuff that could possibly fill it up right now, which is a lot. Even if it's just worry and going down the rabbit hole of looking at Corona, oh my God, Corona. I could spend like three hours just worrying about that. Um, But I have to sit down. So it's good though, because it calms my brain down just to go back into story, back into the math of the storytelling, back into what works, what doesn't. I mean, I get a little extra stressed out when I'm like, it doesn't work. But I have to make it work. I don't have a choice. I have to blow it up again. I'm literally just, I'm writing with a partner. I just sent him an email and I was like, I think this may not work, this whole section. Um, It was a hard email to send because I don't want to blow anything up. But I was like, but I think we have got to blow it up. So it's a lot of discipline right now to be a writer and go back to the work, go back to the page. Be still, be brave enough to pull it apart, uh, and have those wonderful moments. I don't know if you're having them, Lorian, but I'm having wonderful moments, which is just the wonderful moments of being a writer, where you get to write and you get to imagine, and using my imagination to make my world bigger, using my imagination to go deeper into emotions and experience, and you know, get out of this house, really, right? Right. Yes. How's your week? Uh, I think my
1: week this week was much better than last week. I mean, okay. last week. I was so overwhelmed and terrified and um, all of my lava, like we were talking about last week, all the vulnerability, all those fears that I worked so hard to keep below the surface, all like exploded. Like my fears about disappointing people, disappointing myself, like all those inner terrors were out on the surface, just running around. So it was really hard. Um, Monday of this week, it all sort of came to a a head and I was walking the dog and talking to a friend about one of his projects. Because um, for me, it's really important to um, talk to other people about their projects. They talk about my projects, sort of this uh, story consulting, but on the side, right? Um, and, and so I was talking, we were talking about our plan and I just had this anxiety attack. I had to like sit down on the sidewalk and cry. And that that helped, right? And that helped reset. And I came home and my family was fine. Everything was fine. Um, and then I, um, I'm working on a project. I'm working on developing a pitch to take out. It's an animated show, and animation is still in production right now. So I feel like I can take this out. I can pitch it. I can sell it now. Um, and so I'm sort of reinvigorated with that project. And I think you're right, Meg. Sitting, you know, budgeting time is is hard, right? I'm. Uh, it's. I have to prioritize my time in a really specific way. Um, managing my husband and my daughter and homeschooling and all the things. Um, but when I do sit down and I work, it's such a joy. Um, and it feels so special. And I don't know if sacred is too strong of a word, but I'm not looking at the news. I'm not engaged in anything else but trying to figure out what the wish fulfillment in the show is, right? which is exciting and fun and uh, and I f- and it just it's, it's such a gift that this is my work. Right, it's imagining and it's hard, of course, right? I don't know what my character's flaw is quite yet, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, But it still uh, feels really powerful and grounding. And I think last week I was so terrified of attempting the the work because I'd be so fractured and frayed and panicked, but it's actually the opposite. It's the thing that is keeping me centered and sane, um, which I'm so thankful for. Uh, so yeah, but it's still a struggle, right? It's still, I, I leave my basement office, I go upstairs and my daughter has a low grade fever today. So like, oh my God, right? Like, okay, give her some Tylenol. I got to go back downstairs, you know, like sort of being able to separate is really hard and because I have to work.
0: Um, well, and we have to prioritize even more now, right? There's no more excuses of not prioritizing, right? And- you know, if it's not your daily job, um, I can, I understand for the writers out there that it might be harder to reprioritize, but that just means we got to do it, people. And it will, I, both of us are feeling grounded by it, are feeling like it's odd, It's the new safe space, which is interesting, right? Because it used to be the danger zone, right? Yes, exactly. Where you could fail and you could suck. And now it's like, no, 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 this is the safe space. Yeah, <laughs> The writing is the safe space. So if you haven't tried it yet out there, listeners and watchers, do try it because we are finding it's reversing its its polarity. It's it's a, it's a beautiful safe space to go into, um, and you know, in terms of Hollywood and what's going on this week, um, it is a good time for writers because writers can still write. You know, in a weird way, writers are like, I always work from home. Uh, th- how different is my life? Um, uh, I I think he, some people with super high end projects, let's let's say super uh, casting attachments, they're still pitching. Um, I think people will pitch more and more by Zoom uh, as everybody gets used to it. So I do think there's opportunity to still sell things, set up things. Um, So I think to be a writer right now um, is still a positive thing. It's still something that you can actually do and keep your work going. And it's always a good time to write a spec, write a script. I just have talking to a friend, our mutual friend of my Lauren, he mentioned that he's working on a pitch and I thought, you know, maybe you should just spec that right now, right? Like you got time spec it you can always spec it right and then go back and have a better pitch like if you really don't want to give that spec out but that work that you did in that spec is going to make that pitch even stronger you're going to be able to answer any question they have you know so it might be a good time to do a puke draft and just see some things um so um just a thought for the writers out there as you uh go through your quarantine um but i do still want to
1: acknowledge that what you said earlier all those jobs we now have Right. Some school teacher or today I canceled school, no school today. Right. Like, but always, but that's a decision I have to make now. Right. You know, managing, the household, do we have enough groceries? Like there's there's new levels of stress that feel like new full-time jobs.
0: When well, you can't just go to the grocery store, you have to bring your mask and your gloves and stand six feet and then it's, it's such a survival kind of foraging in the woods experience now. And you gotta bring it home and leave it outside and wipe it down before you bring it in. Like all of that stuff is taking up brain space. It's all taking up chatter in our head, uh, which again is feeling so great. Yes. It's almost like that inner critic, that chatter, has gone out into the world, right? And so now we can relax in the writing. So it is a gift, there's a gift inside of this. Uh, So go to your writing folks. Uh, It doesn't matter if you don't have an idea, just write. It'll come. Doesn't matter if you're stuck, write, it'll unstick itself. Whatever reason you're giving yourself for not writing, go write. Um, So those are our weeks. So we're gonna throw it over. uh, Before we discuss our main topic, we're gonna throw it over to Ryan, who's in Encino. Uh, our producer to tell you a little bit more about how you can help our show.
2: You know what? I can, uh, I can take the reins here. I didn't update our rundown. so. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I think Ryan is still also in Encino, so we got oh. a big team today. Um, I'm in WeHo right now. We're all over LA. Um, but uh, yeah, if you guys are tuned in, thank you so much. We're hoping that we can kind of be your refuge during this crazy time. Um, you know, as Megan and Lorien were saying, writing is one of the few things that we know we can always return to and always have almost like a pedestal to just go to and relax. And hopefully this podcast can start to be that for you too. Of course, that's The Screenwriting Life. Thanks so much for being tuned in. Um, one way you guys can really help us is by hopping on apple podcasts and giving us a five-star review Um, i've been checking apple podcasts and the more we get we'll start reading them on air we also go live at noon on fridays and we continue to do that we continue to plan to at least do that even through this crazy time so that's on the popcorn talk and the popcorn talk is a network with other podcasts other amazing film shows so we urge you guys to check it out and of course we're working on getting our facebook together too so we're hoping that's going to be kind of a destination for us to be meeting every week consulting talking and just staying sane through this crazy time so thanks so much for being a fan megan Lorian. thanks for continuing to host such an awesome show and um let's get into some themes
0: All right. Yeah. Facebook page. That was me overcommitting yet again. Sure. I'll take on the Facebook page. What exactly am I going to do that? Like I, again, learned to budget my time. So I'm working on it, folks. We are working on it because there's tons of stuff I want to post up there um, that is going to relate to this theme that I want you to have access to. So um, I guess I can post even though it's not fancy with pictures yet. Right. I can just post up there. So go to the Facebook page. I'll post some stuff right after this talk, so I'd be sure to do it. Um, it won't be pretty yet. It won't be pretty with pictures, but uh, it'll be functional. So, um, all right, Lorian, we're gonna talk about theme. Yes. Yeah. So I, I give a talk on theme, so Lorian's been great and is gonna let me just um, blabble away here. Um, uh, because honestly my brain is tiny, a little bit fractured from the Corona uh, shutdown. And uh, so I feel like I will get lost if I don't just do it. So um, so last week we talked about theme and what we talked about was theme uh, as Jodi Foster, when I worked with her called it, uh, what's the big, beautiful idea? What's the one big, beautiful idea in your work? Um, one, not multiple. Um, and we talked about that it's really why you care, right? It's why you emotionally attach. To the story and why it takes many drafts to do it. Um, You know, uh, it's what you, what's your insight? What do you have to say about it? Um, You know, it can be hard to figure out in your work um, because it's very unconscious. Um, It's probably why you're writing the story because something's coming up into your conscious brain. Um, It's just this drive that you feel, right, to write the story. Maybe it's a character and a situation that's haunting you. Again, it's why you have to write many drafts in order to figure it out. Um, You can work with a producer, sometimes can help you dig it up. Um, But you remember like you do need to figure it out and be able to articulate it eventually because producers, executives, directors, actors, uh, costume designers, everyone's going to need to know what is that rudder? What is that? And if they don't know it, they will all go five or 10 degrees off. And that's when you get kind of mush right you will eventually when you're going to do the somebody's doing the poster for the movie they are going to want to know what it is for the tagline on the poster so it is this rudder that runs from the very beginning when you get the idea and can articulate it all the way through to release so it's a super base block of the creation it centers the whole film um i believe all characters are traveling on it a lot of people get mixed up about that. They literally will ask me questions about having, well, this character, my supporting character's on this theme and this character's on that theme and I don't think that works. Now you've got two rudders, right? And they can be pushing against each other. Probably what you have is a deeper theme underneath both of those that you need to look at. Um, If your theme is unclear, um, what can happen in notes is that people will project their own into yours. So what do I mean by that? You know it's about redemption, but you're not sure what about it. And then I kind of read it and have a very personal experience with redemption. So suddenly I am giving notes based on that personal experience, which may not be your version of redemption, right? Mine might be redemption, why bother? There's no such thing. You can never be redeemed. It doesn't work. And yours might be redemption is the Holy Grail, what you have to work for. And so suddenly the notes are getting you kind of off uh, off, off center, right, and then, like I said, when you go to make it, now it really can turn into mush. Um, and just for just give you an example of this projection, um, I was I wanted to do a weekly at a studio, and with the head, and I was with the head of a studio, and the producer, and the head of the studio um, said, you know, I think he's a good guy, this character, but you know, he just may not succeed. And I was like, hmm. Are you worried about you? know, are you worried? You could just feel that he was talking about how hard he was working at his job, and then the, then the, and then the producer who had had the project for fifteen years said, "I think he's a good guy, but he just might be ineffective." And I was like, "Huh? Maybe that's, you know, okay." Now, who do I listen to as a writer? I listen to the head of the studio, of course, and I listen to myself, and I, and I find that golden nugget. But do you see what I'm saying like by projecting in? Um, So it can become very much people's themes can come in. Um, So here's an exercise to do to find your personal thematic because I also believe that people really do have personal themes that you are repeating in your work. Sometimes whether you want to or not, you're like, I am not going to do a movie about that again. And then you write it and you're like, I'm doing it again. Um, I think you have questions. Uh, about humanity or the world that you keep coming back to. And the story can have different answers to that, right? Like different solutions to that. Um, but here's a, a an exercise um, that I actually, um, a great writer and consultant, Lori Hutzler, who I believe is online and has books, look her up, um, she asked me one day and I believe she got it from the Artist way. I'm just trying to give credit where credit is due. I think this is adapted from an Artist way exercise. Um, so I want you to close your eyes out there and I want you to imagine it's 11 o'clock at night and you have to get up in the morning because you have something due, but you're clicking around Netflix and Amazon and you come upon a movie. And you've seen this movie uh, 10 times but there it is, and so you watch it because you just have to watch it because it's that movie. It could be, if it's already on, because if you're on cable, it could be in the middle of the movie, the end of the movie, the beginning, you're gonna watch it. Um, It doesn't have to be a good movie. I will tell you that one of mine is Somewhere in Time, which is, you know, some people, not their favorite movie, one of my favorite movies. It just emotionally touches me in a a way. So, I want you to right now, without thinking about it, write it down, what are three of those movies? The first two are always easy to think of, the third one is always hard. Just write down what those three movies are. Um, Don't cheat, don't if you're in the podcast, pause and go look at your movie list, or go talk to a friend, like it has to come from you as fast as you can. Um, And once you have those three movies, we can use those now as a tool to do some exercises to help you figure out what you're emotionally drawn to in films and what themes are down inside of there. And probably there's a singular theme. Um, So for example, what I would do with that is you've got your three movies. Hopefully they're all with a lead character. Ensembles are a little hard because your themes in there but it might be harder to see because there's so many stories. Um, So try to pick three movies that have a lead, a clear uh, main character. What I would suggest you do, and I will post some questions up on the Facebook page that you can answer about your movies um, as an exercise, but you can also just from memory, write down what the movie, how how the movie plays out in a story. Where do we meet your main character? What is their world? Um, Who do they think they are? What is their inciting incident? Where are they at the end of act one? Just do it on the structure line, right? Just do it because character is structure. Where do they think they are at the end of act one? what is their goal at the end of act one what is their plan of how they're going to get that goal and what is standing in opposition to them what is the antagonistic force it might be a person might be a situation it might be nature whatever it is what describe that force right what is your main character's strength skill what is their weakness flaw what do they think their flaw is Uh, what do they want literally in the plot i want the money in the bank i want to get the girl but what do they really want inside? What do they need? I, they need connection. They need uh, uh, to save something so precious to them, right?
2: Can I ask a quick question, Meg, about what you just said? So you really caught my attention when you said, what is their flaw and what do they think their flaw is? Mm-hmm. Do you find that most characters perceive some kind of flaw in themselves? And do you find that it's usually the same as what you are writing their flaw to be under the surface?
0: Well, flaw is an interesting thing. Uh, Jodi as an actress would always first ask what's a character's shame and what's their fear? Because those are psychologically things that you then build a personality around to avoid, right? And often, and she didn't believe, and therefore I, and i and learning the story from her, I, I feel this very strongly, um, there really isn't such thing as a flaw, right? Like, the flaw is just something that is probably positive that your character has taken and is warping that skill into some into a bad self-destructive or destructive to other people way of being in the world because they're afraid or ashamed and it, Instead of thinking of a flaw as something you have to quote unquote correct in the in the character You actually just need to unleash and unlock them so that their energy can take that great positive and put it in a positive way You understand what I'm saying? So self-destruction right maybe they are self-saboteur and the way they self-sabotage i'll just use myself they overcommit. commit let's just use that as a possible flaw right there's a positive in there which is i am trying to connect with so many people because i love building community i love connecting with people so but it becomes a flaw because i'm using it to distract myself from going into my own writing and my own lava and really do you see what i'm saying like is that a flaw that i overcommit? Yes, because it causes issues in my life and problems, but really it's, I'm trying to protect myself by doing it and there's a positive to it. And if I could find a good balance, I won't overcommit and yet I'll still be able to connect. So it's, your character has a flaw um, that you know is actually something that is positive. So think of joy and inside out, right? It's wonderful how Positive she is, and that she always uses happiness and positivity when she's faced with a challenge, what a beautiful, beautiful attribute to have. But she's using it like a sledgehammer. She's using it to cut people off and get control of a situation. Why? Because she's afraid. If you just use her cutting people off and just use the flaw as a sledgehammer without giving us the vulnerability of her fear, I won't like her.
2: Right? So it's so there's,
0: there's three layers, right? There's three layers of the character, right? She feels vulnerable and afraid for for her child Riley and for her own ability to f- handle the situation. So I'm going to use this skill I have of positivity to and con- and to control and be a sledgehammer, right? And get it because, right? And then on top of that, I still like her for doing it because it's act 1 and I'm like, yeah, get control, be positive. Right. So there's three layers, right? Boom into what, 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 you, what some people say. Well, what's your character's flaw? And I'm like, God, that is a complex question, right? That you really have to think about. It's not like this pin the tail on the donkey thing, right? What if you say, okay, my character's flaws is there, need control, why? See, I'm still going back down into the theme. Can you hear? I'm going back down down to the theme because yeah. the thing at the bottom, the shame and the fear and the vulnerability, what that's about is your thematic. It is what you're trying to talk about, right? So inside your movies, if you just go on the character structure points and look at all three movies and where your main character is on those points, you will start to see uh, patterns. Like I had a friend and I was like, wow, your antagonists are all like super beyond powerful antagonists that you can never beat they're like darth vader they are like the death star coming there's no small antagonism in any of his movies and i'm like that's interesting look at the script you're doing that is not the antagonist you have maybe that's why it's all out of balance right so i you can use it for that but but underneath i was looking at thematically wow you feel that the world is in Invincible you feel that there's no way to beat this thing and it's gonna take one person Just the bravery of one person up against that can work Why and then you start talking about why so again go back to the also go to the end of act go to the end of act one Their goal their plan who they are and then where are they at the 45 minute mark? Where are they at the midpoint? What are they facing at the midpoint? Are they connecting? Are they disconnecting at the midpoint? what little, mis- what mistake do they make around page? And by page it's minute mark, right? Cause every page is a minute. So around it, you know, and it depends on how old the movie is too, because you know, uh, movies are shorter now. Um, but generally, uh, you know, about the 85 minute mark, they're going to make a big mistake sometimes. And that shoves them down into the end of act two. And the end of act two is really the place to go look because the other exercise I would give you for your own material, but it works with looking at your three movies is the end of act two is where the theme goes from subtext to context. It literally comes up. It is the thing your character is realizing about themselves. That is your theme, right? Joy is realizing, oh, sadness is important. Oh, I've been keeping sadness away and she's exactly what Riley needs because Riley needs connection and I can't give that to her right now. Only sadness can. And I've created all of act two trying to avoid this realization, trying to avoid this. There is a theme coming up that sadness connects us all. Don't reject it. Let it be because it's there to serve a very high purpose, right? Uh, so there it is. It's sitting right there. So go look at the scripts you've written. What are your end of act twos? What thematics are you really? Continually kind of dig into and are you being brave down there at the end of act twos? The other little quick thing I want to say about theme and end of act twos is theme is not a situation Theme is not something about other people doing stuff to your character Theme is about what your character learns about themselves And if you have an addiction to an inactive main character who's a victim, this is going to be very hard for you because it won't work. And it's why those movies often when you're writing them collapse. Because what I'm really interested in as a cathartic goes all the way back to the Greeks and catharsis is a personal human cathartic moment about self evolution, self knowledge. This is the lava people. This is why being a writer can be like stepping into lava. Because you're, it's the most vulnerable thing that you can possibly put out into the world and about yourself, right? So, you know, part of that was me also saying to my parents, you want me to be happy, but I'm not, right? That's joy realizing it's not always going to be about being happy. And even if your parents are instructing you to be happy all the time, you're not, it's impossible. And sometimes you're going to have to have a boundary and you're going to have to say, no, I, this is who I am and this is how I feel. So that, which I thought was such a beautiful uh, creation and in Inside Out, when Riley finally is vulnerable, it unlocks her parents and allows them to be vulnerable too, right? And we talked about this last time. That's all, the, that's all the juicy stuff. So in your movies that you picked your three, go look at the end of Act Two and really look at what those main characters are coming into consciousness about. I think that movies and three acts and these structures have existed for thousands of years because it is about consciousness raising and evolutionary uh consciousness. Um, and then the third act, go look and see what their climactic action is. The climactic action is letting your character put that new thematic um, uh emotional ev- uh, uh inspiration, consciousness into action, right? Because It's not really proven until you do something, right? You can have a big explosion of like, oh my God, I just realized. But until you put it into action, it literally doesn't burn pathways in your brain, right? So we know intuitively, and it is true in terms of brain science, you have to do it, right? So that's what your character is doing, right? In that third act, they're putting that somatic into action. So you can look at, go look at your three movies, where does your main character start and where do they finish? That shift is the thematic, right? Um, I have one other exercise. Do I have time to give it?
2: Yeah, we've got 11 minutes left, so I think so.
0: Okay. so one other exercise uh, you can do is um, in terms of finding theme in your own current scripts, Is What's your favorite scene in that script when I ask people this and I think Lauren you've had this experience too Sometimes you're shocked by what people say because like as a developer I was ready to cut that scene out because I don't even know why it's in the movie, right, but it's your favorite scene Oh, wow, then your theme is sitting right there, right and go to your end of act two What is your main character? What is that transition in your character? That is the theme that you are bubbling up in right um so I also just want to say um, again, theme is is not a social issue. I'm not saying your your movie can't have a social issue in it. Great, but that's not what we're talking about. Um, we're talking about the human thematic emotional point that you are making. And don't worry, it's the hardest thing to articulate. It can take drafts and drafts and drafts. But the work of every draft is going back to figure it out. I got all these notes. Right, okay, what am I talking about? Right, because this person thinks it's about this and this person thinks it's about this. And and, well, okay, I really think emotionally I'm pushing towards this. Well, then maybe I have the wrong main character because that main character isn't actually having that experience, but the person standing next to them is. Like it has to guide you in terms of how to now shift your story and how to rewrite it, right? Um, Remember, uh, notes are just symptoms of a disease, right? And theme is the core base of your engine. So if you've got to, if that's not getting clear um, or is too simplistic, right? Cause you don't ever want the audience to already know the end of your movie. You don't, you don't want an act one to have set up a theme that I already know the end of that. I already know the answer to that thematic question or emotional question. You can still do it. And there's plenty of movies that do it that way. Um, but always try to push, push to something that you personally have an insight into. Um, Laurie, do you wanna add on here anywhere? Um, I love listening to you talk about this stuff. Every Mm
1: -hmm. time we talk about this stuff, I always feel like I learned something new. Like it's this brilliant reminder of something I knew, but forgot. And then, you know, I, I was writing some things down on this project because I'm struggling with flaw right now. One of my characters was like, oh, fear and shame, right? So I think even for really experienced writers, listening to this type of thing, there might be something that you know intellectually, but then yeah. aha, I, I'm responding to that emotionally because it's really connected to something I'm working on right now. So yeah. thank you
0: as always. Well, it's funny because, you know, I, I'm i talking, and as I'm talking, I'm like, oh, right. I, did I do that yesterday?
2: <laughs> there's so right. much
0: coming in, right? And sometimes yeah. you should be like, wait, 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 wait. Um, I had a friend who went to a lab and he was the and the directing lab and one of the directing mentors walked up and after two weeks in this lab of people just coming at him and talking to him and telling them what they thought and what he should be doing. And he was getting so overwhelmed and he said this director wrote up to him and um, it may have been Rodrigo Garcia, I don't remember. And he said, um, do you remember right now why you even like this? And he was like, no, I don't even know why I like this. And he was like, do you remember why you started it? And he's like, no. And he's like, you need to go find that. Yeah. You need to go back the original inspiration. Okay, that's not that's not what's on the top, right? That's what, why did you emotionally care? There is your theme is sitting right in there somewhere, right? The vulnerability of that, it's sitting right in there. So I gotta do that on my own work uh, today. <laughs> but I think that, so we got a question this week and I think this relates to the
1: question. Um, this, uh, we got some great emails to our um, email, which is the gmail.com. Um, And this week we got a question from Krista Rose Avampado, and I apologize if I got your name incorrectly, incorrect, um, from New York. And she says, um, last week, Meg mentioned that when she starts to really consider an idea, she reasons through whether she's going to write a pilot or a spec and I was wondering if you could talk a bit about how you make that decision, the criteria you use and why that decision matters.
0: Right, so it's, we all read this question a little differently, you know, it's either should I develop a pitch or write a spec script, a right, pi- so those, right, no, but, but you, That's what, what I'm I mean. saying is you can read it different ways, right, so you can read it as there's a pitch and a spec script, right, which is features, or is the idea to write a feature movie or a pilot, right, because a pilot or a spec, a spec, a pilot could be a spec, or you're being paid for it. So we're gonna answer the two the, the questions both ways as we, uh, and hope that we're answering your question, um, Rose. And if we don't, hey, email us back and say, sometimes not the question I was asking and help us. Okay. Um, so the first uh, interpretation of should I develop a pitch or write a spec script? Um, if you're an emerging writer, for sure write a spec script, just write it. Um, even if you get a chance to later pitch it, you will be able to pitch it so much better because you spec'd it. And pretty much as an emerging writer, people want to see your work, right? They wanna know what can you do on the page. So, um, and I know that not just emerging writers are listening to this podcast, which we're very honored, Lauren and I, that other um, established writers are tuning in for inspiration and like Lauren said, to be reminded what we already know. Um, In that case, I mean, for me personally, Sometimes it depends on is the market, I need to get out there in the marketplace and pitch it, right? Because it's this kind of fresh idea and we want to get out there. Um, Laurie and I had an idea like that, that we went out for TV and pitched. Um, I'd say most pitches though, Laurie, don't you agree are happening in TV? Um, I don't know how many pitches are happening in features. They're just too big. They're really big, big budget movies now, uh, uh, most features. So um, you might go in and pitch a feature to a a streamer, I think. But again, most of that you're an established writer. They know who you are. They're excited to hear your idea. Um, uh, Right,
1: I'm doing a feature pitch on a rewrite. Right, Right. so it's an existing project and the script came to me and then I'm pitching the rewrite
0: version of it. So. And, you know, again, even if you spec, you're going to have to know how to pitch it because you might get into a room and suddenly they're talking about something and you're like, oh my God, that's a script I'm working on. I got to pitch it right now in my kind of quote unquote elevator pitch. Um, And we can talk about pitching one of our, and how to do that. Um, Should you write the idea as a feature or TV pilot is a bigger question, right? Right. And really goes down to, I think um, for me, and this is just personal, I think every writer is going to have a different way of doing it thinking about it. Features to me are um, like building the Empire State Building, right? They have a base and then they create, you have got to create this evolving thing that quote unquote finishes, right? It ends. It's a transformative singular experience that go uh, versus TV, which is now forked into two different versions, kind of network TV, uh, let's say Grey's Anatomy or a lawyer show or a hospital show, right? murder, she wrote, whatever, uh, those have formulas that they tick on forever, right? You have to find an engine that it will just reset almost every show, right? That doesn't mean you can't have characters evolving in there, of course, Meredith Grey evolved, but pretty much there's a formula too, there's gonna to be a personal it, situation, there's gonna be a medical situation, et cetera. Whereas a feature, uh, now the other way there, that's happening on television though is limited series, right? or you can pitch a series that is gonna end in three seasons. My brain is thinking of that like a long feature, right? And that I get more fun to do things around. But really I know, like I went to pitch a limited series that was a three season show. And I, had to, I pitched the last episode of the last show so that they knew this is where the show's going. Now, right. will that end up being it? Who knows? Because we'll get in a room and the whole thing will explode and we're going to recreate it. But on the pitch, just so they know that I, as a creator, know this is where she's starting. This is how the world, what the world is. And this is who's around her. And by the end, this is what's happened to that goal. This is how it's evolved. This is how she's evolved. And this is where she's going to go out. Right. And this is the end of it. Um that's, I don't know, Laurie, what else, what else can I say? Yeah, I
1: mean, it's a uh, TV and feature, right? The themes that you're playing with are, you, know, you have to know what it's about, but how you, it's in the execution, right? Whether you want to finish it or have this person continually to battle with, I like to think of it in terms of like their mental illness, right? And I always think Friends is such a great example of that. Like every single one of those characters has a really big problem that they're always up against. Right, again and again and again. Um, And so just sort of, do you want them to get over it or not?
0: (laughs) Right, and you know, generally, and I say this is very general, um, film and features is such a visual medium. You want really a lot of experience of story visually. It's about things happening and it's about behavior and it's about very big moments, right? Um, and that by big moments, I don't mean it has to be on the moon with a war, a big, big visual moment can happen between two people, but it could be a, a visual moment between us. Whereas television comes more out of place, right? It's very dialogue driven, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's very, very dialogue driven. Now, again, there are many shows now that are crossing that and they're they're visually, you know, they're a very heavy visual. So um, that's a very pedantic statement, but if it helps you to think about, uh, of which one is this? And you know, here's the thing you're not gonna to want to hear. Try it one way, and see what <laughs> happens, right? I know nobody wants to hear that. Everybody's like, but I don't want to keep working. It's like, oh my God, all you're gonna do is work, right? You're just gonna work and work and iterate and iterate and iterate. Um
1: uh oh, I, I apologize. You can hear my daughter right outside my office talking about something. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> so it's probably a good time to wrap. <laughs>
0: I, uh, I've been on Zoom meetings where literally the, the the executives, he's having to get up and rush over because his kid is, is coming in the door. So it's adorable. I love it's it. It's a new world. It's a new world. Yeah. It's family. It's family. Yeah. So um, please send us your questions because we love answering them. So thanks, you guys, for tuning into the Screen Running Life on Popcorn Talk Network. You know, we're going to keep doing these shelter in place um, shows. Um, so make sure you tune in next week. Um, I uh, will have a new topic. Uh, I can't wait to, for you guys to come and listen. So keep writing, and we'll see
1: you next week. From producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.